You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman had shown Gotham the true colors. greatest detective the dark knight of the dc universe batman i am one of your hosts alongside my heroic co-host uh mr craig blaylock as you all know my name philip barker you got you got you guys know by now if anyone listen to the show you guys know who we are if not you know thank thanks for tuning in we appreciate it my name's philip this is craig and we are the eternal knight that is that's how it's been more often than not i mean we've had uh jared and terrence on but i think more often than not it's just been you and me man how you doing yeah the batman and the robin the Nightwing and the Batman. The Alfred and the Batman. The Batman and the Robin. The Damian Wayne Robin. The Batman and the Jason Todd mm. Robin. The mm. Batman and the Tim Drake Robin. The Damian that we're finally going to get on the big screen. The Batman and the Turner Hayes? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, boy. Uh, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, okay. Anyway. 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 If anyone listening, we appreciate you very much so uh if y'all want to just take some time to drop us a review on your podcast listener we'd really appreciate it or even more so just a, you know apple podcast or itunes or even podbean itself uh, you can even drop us an email eternallightpod at gmail.com but that's that's kind of the shameless plugging out of the way as i've trying to tried to get into a habit of but i don't want to try and sound like pretentious about it just you know if, if anyone wants we, we're Batman fans. We want to hear from you guys. That's it's just mm-hmm. that simple, right? Right. Craig, how you do? How you doing, man? Doing good. Getting getting all excited for uh, the new John Wick coming out. I love that series, and fourth one from what I've been hearing is really good. So I'm planning Thursday night. Gonna go see it with a buddy of mine. I might even my hair is now John Wick length. So I'm thinking I might cosplay. <laughs> I might dress up fancy for it. Well. You'd be well within your right to do that. Yeah. I mean, John Wick's a fun one. Um, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't watched John Wick, any of them in, in quite some time. And that fourth movie just looks like it's going to be something else. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So two hours and 49 minutes long. Yeah. So it's a, it's a three hour, a damn near three hour movie. It's, it's, it's going to be something. That's for sure. But 
we haven't we haven't done an episode since uh, good old Andy Muschietti and Warner Brothers dropped trailer for the flash mm-hmm. almost almost about a month ago and a lot has happened since then oh, um hell of a lot hell of a lot um i believe the doom that came to gotham comes out here fairly shortly i think yeah in, i think april is when that movie comes out let me double check mm-hmm. here but i'm pretty sure it's april came to gotham uh it doesn't say Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, no, that's just the novel. I need the movie. Darn it. <laughs> Probably the most interesting DC animated movie to be released in a while, because I feel like the last couple haven't really wowed me. Like, even the announcements, and I watch the trailers, and I'm like, eh, that looks okay. But this one, watch the trailer for, and I'm like, okay, this, this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and apparently, uh, just after a quick Google search... Uh, the film will apparently be released uh, 4K, Blu-ray, and digital March 28th, 2023. Oh, wow. Okay. Very, very so, soon. Yeah. That nice. Is, next that, Tuesday. That, literally, yeah, next Tuesday. Wow, okay. Cool. So we'll probably talk about that within the next couple of weeks, I'm sure, because mm-hmm. we always talk about Batman animated movies whenever they come out. It's a tradition we've done on the show more often than not. Uh, more traditionally, more recently, we did the long Halloween, both parts commentary track to that i don't know if we'll do a commentary to this one i think we might just do a standard review in the same vein we do batman the animated series so be on the lookout for that i'm sure uh speaking of series there is a penguin series that has finally started filming and has gained quite a cast of people um more recently theo rossi from sons of anarchy and army of the dead has joined the cast apparently he's going to be playing a very key Recurring role opposite Colin Farrell. I don't really know who. Hmm. It doesn't really specify. Um, he was also in the Luke Cage series as well. But that uh, that casting is more recent. Uh, a couple weeks ago, there was like a casting that happened that really, really got a lot of people talking, and that was um, none other than Clancy Black, Clancy Brown being being tapped to play uh, the infamous. Um, uh, Salvatore, Maroney, Salvatore, Salvatore, yeah, Salvatore Maroney. I, I, I just just came to me, yeah. But that I'm really Clancy Brown. When you sent me that announcement, I was like, that is perfect casting. Right. I can totally see him as Maroney. And not only that, um, Kristen Milioti has been cast as Sophia Falcone, and then a le- according to an, an article by Variety. Um, Alberto's son, Alberto, the the son of Carmine Falcone, has also been cast uh, apparently to be played by um, Michael. I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Michael Zegan. So it looks like to me that the, this the Penguin series is really gonna really dive deep into you know the wake of Carmine Falcone's fall and mm-hmm. what 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 kind of ramifications that has. I mean, you and I have talked you know more more often than not in the past about how you know at the end of the Batman, like things were bound to happen in, in, in wake of Carmine Falcone being, being gone and off the table. I mean, I think I might've even said something to the effect of, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Salvatore Moroni pop up. And that's exactly what's happening in the Batman series. I mean, I, I, I I was off. I, I I think I said it might maybe in the Batman too, but no, it's, it's happening sooner, which 
to me is just even more awesome personally well and i think what i find most interesting about this show is it's going to give us that buffer between the the next the the batman and the next upcoming movie we're going to actually yeah. get to see like the ramifications of everything that the riddler did and we're going to get to see how the criminal element reacts to everything that's happened yeah and i also think that just having that series in between the two films which apparently the second film is allegedly starting its production sometime in november allegedly oh the 23rd november 23rd that was recently put out there by um longtime batman producer michael uslin so um I, I i would i would take that with a with a heavy heavy you know implication more more mm -hmm. often than not i i think um that 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 date is bound to stick you know for the moment these things are bound to change they can change but um yeah the, the penguin series as of right now is filming in new york alongside um well not alongside but uh the penguin series is filming there i know the the daredevil born again series just started filming in new york as well um so that's cool i wonder if there might be some kind of small little crossover tidbit going on i doubt it because it's hbo and disney but hey yeah it'd be funny if it did but yeah i, I, I don't know exactly what is going to come from this penguin series but i just know that it, it's gonna it's gonna deliver I, I think i think when you're gonna center a story around such an iconic batman villain who who managed to survive the, the events of the first film i mean well not manage he he obviously like he survived but it, it in a way that is very i would say classic with the character by by just barely making out of it with without getting scarred too bad yeah oh and you know knowing the penguin it's going to be interesting what actions he takes in this series right like what because like what is he going to do to get to that you know that chair that he wants well even just looking at at like kind of elements of the long halloween right like you mm -hmm. have both alberto falcone and sophia falcone traditionally in the comics um sophia is, is a is a bit bigger and i don't think Chris, christine Milotti is that at all yeah but that that's not at all the point i think the point in in terms of characterization and, and live action and bringing a character to life is what what stands it apart and what what makes it its own so i think ultimately ultimately i think it's gonna it's we're gonna see the power grab we're gonna see yeah that power vacuum that was hinted at the end of the batman we're gonna see that happen we're gonna see i think honestly you know th there have been a, a couple different runs where the, the penguin has often been at war with a couple other notorious crime heads um i could definitely see some 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 you know to equate it to a to a tv show or tv shows that have like high well not high but you know moderate levels of of gang violence or not even gang violence but moderate levels of of street level violence you look at something like Breaking Bad, you look at something like Sons of Anarchy, you look at something like maybe The Shield, you look at you look at pretty much or even even something like um damn what was that HBO series John Bernthal was in? Burning Button. Either way, I think that the Penguin show is is gonna be a crime drama and it's gonna definitely showcase just how many of these powerful figures of Gotham we have not necessarily seen in live action take form. Um whether or not I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of what, what they're going to do with alberto falcone will, will they try and do a holiday killer 
type deal or will it just be him as Alberto Falcone, the, the, the distant strange son of Carmine Falcone? That's what I'm curious about. Mm, I didn't even think about like uh, the idea of like a like a pseudo long Halloween type thing. Huh. That would be interesting. I mean, it just really feels like, you know, Matt Reeves talked about that book the most. It really does yeah. feel like the, the, the general basis of his universe, which to me, I'm absolutely fine with. You know, I like that story. I know you like that story. We like the animated mm-hmm. movie. We like the book itself. So it's, you know, it's it's not for nothing. Pound for pound, probably one of the best Batman stories ever. So if, if you're yeah. going to use that as a foundation for, for your Batman in that universe going forward, hell, yeah, why not? Um and I, I'm really hoping that, you know, I wonder if Theo Rossi might be cast as Harvey Dent. They're just not saying it. Mm, yeah, that's true. I mean, the mayor made it a point saying that she was bringing in new people into yeah, Gotham. Exactly. Which I wonder if Bella Real might make an appearance in the TV show as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of appearances in the TV show, there was some, there was a lot of conversation regarding whether or not Batman himself would appear in the show, um, because apparently his television rights are still tied up with Disney because of the Fox merger from 2018. Um, mm. But James Gunn recently came out and and with a prayer emoji said this is not true that you know Batman's rights were tied up. Da, da, da. Um, it, it it has been up to question of whether or not Batman, the character Batman himself, could show up or if you can only use Bruce Wayne. Um, whether or not that actually winds up being the case is yet to be seen. But I feel like if the right situation with Batman has been all but sorted out by now, then we wouldn't be getting, you know, television shows with Batman-adjacent ideas where he's either written off, killed... Yeah. or not in a suit somehow <laughs> that that that's kind of where my head's at with it but again i i don't know maybe this is just something that has only just happened very recently but uh, but again i don't know yeah Be- because again like batman's television rights are like the, the 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 one thing out of the warner brothers crown and of dc things that if if if, the, if they had that they'd probably be pretty close to perfect because they have the rights to practically everything else but the tv rights was a whole different situation because of the 60s and the 66 show and network television being on fox whole bunch and 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 honoring old contracts and even now you'd also have to think that it's tricky because technically the the, the, they the penguin show is going to be on hbo max which is a streaming service but even still where does the television jurisdiction lie or not lie with that in terms yeah. of Batman, right? Like what 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 makes Batman's television rights so complicated to where he can appear weirdly not there but there <laughs> in TV shows like in Titans or even in Gotham? Because in Gotham, they couldn't even use a suit. They didn't bother using a suit until like the last – like like Ben McKenzie basically said it. He said in the last episode, in the last shot, you will see them pan off the camera and you will see Batman in costume and that is the only time you will see him. And to his word, that is exactly what happened with Gotham. Yeah, we was, got that. Was, was it the best looking suit? No, I don't think no. so. But to to their credit, they, they honored that show and ended it the way they said they would, which, well, cool. Mm-hmm. But now there's another show out there that is... Kind mm-hmm. of it, 
This one's going to be tough to talk about. Here we go. <laughs> Might as well get into it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we're Batman fans. We like to give everything a chance, right? Yep. And be- because of everything surrounding the circumstances regarding Batman on television and the CW and with the way things are going with DC as a whole, um, I don't think my expectations or Craig Craig's expectations, for that matter, for the pilot of Gotham Knights was exactly high at all. I would even say it was probably just at surface, at the at the surface of the water. Would you, would you say that's pretty fair, Craig? The key thing is the trailers did not help. No, let's no, they, let's they, just they, be they on, these. These were bad trailers. They just oof. <laughs> they. I remember watching the first one and just going, "Oh yeah, this is going to be awful." <laughs> yeah, and those trailers. I, you know, those trailers really didn't inspire confidence. But even then, the things we'd heard about it from the jump kind mm-hmm. of also were were just kind of kind of eyebrow raising in in certain aspects. I mean, you know, Batman's no longer going to be on the board, but there's a Harvey Dent at play, and he's not Two Face. Um, there's an adopted son who is not any of the established sons that he's had in the comics. So mm-hmm. there's really a lot of elements here at play where it's just like um, you have to really be. I would say open-minded to just be like, okay, you know, this isn't exactly what I'm used to. Yep. This new character, Turtle Hayes, is not any one of the Robins, and I've kind of accepted that. I'm not exactly fond of it, but it's like, you know, fine, whatever. This show probably won't last long. It'll probably get a season, and that's it. Yeah. Because it was not talked about in the same way Superman and Lois was. Um, I would say, though ironically enough that i think the pilot episode and even just the overall idea of the show i think there are some very interesting ideas at play but i also think that some of the other ideas are vastly undercooked yep yeah i think i think the general both you and me like both of us i remember we messaged one another and we were both just kind of like this isn't horrendous but it's not good. Yeah. It's really what it boiled down. And to. here's the, here's the thing though, right? Like it's not to say that, that the CW is, is cheap or anything like that. It, it It's, it's just network television. So their, mm-hmm. their budget, and I'm not even using this as like an excuse or anything, but it's just the reality of the situation. Like their budgets are not notoriously high. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're only going to get what you can do with it. And I yep. think that's that's the best way I can say it. Um, I will say that of the strengths it has, um, I do like the look of Wayne Manor. I do like the look of the Batcave a little bit, even if it is a little bare. Mm-hmm. I think by comparison to, say, um, Batwoman or even, um, hell, Titans, I, I think the, the, the one they used in Gotham Knights wasn't too bad. Um, I I don't think there was any going back from that Batman mask. I think there there was no getting around it. That that, yeah. that was just bad. Like yeah. th- there was just <laughs> no rhyme or reason why you couldn't get a cowl made that was in the vein of Bales or Bat or Batfleck or Pattinson or even Keaton. Like you. It's 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 interesting to me that you can put in a Bane mask from the Dark Knight Rises in a crossover show on the CW, but you can invest a little bit more money into giving Batman a proper looking cow. Hell, use the one from Batwoman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too nitpicky. 
about one stupid little element that doesn't really matter. What, what matters is is this, the story that they are telling, and honestly, of, of pilots and things in regards to Batman-adjacent television that has been done in the last 10, 15 years. If you're gonna, if you're gonna ask me, if, if if you're gonna ask me which one of the three shows I would rather watch between Gotham Knights, Gotham, and Titans, at this point, I'm almost bit more invested in Gotham Knights simply because they're they approached it from the vein of we don't really care about continuity that much, so we're just gonna do our own, and that's totally fine. Whereas yeah. Gotham. It was kind of like, hey, we're going to do the story of Batman, but having Batman grow up after his parents' death, and they kind of shot that in the foot pretty quick because it became a Villain of the Week story by Season 2, and it developed even worse into Season 3, 4, and 5. And then Titans, well, (laughs) um, I don't really know what what I could not say about Titans that I've said in the past. I mean, it's, it's very much a very visceral real world grounded take uh, on the titans and i'm still just not digging i i'm just not a fan of the way that show is written honestly truthfully i think i think if gotham knights is play looking at the source material that gotham knights was playing with right it, by comparison of what gotham played with and what not what titans tried to play with i think gotham knights is playing with the more interesting stuff personally because to me you have a batman that's almost dark knight returns ish Mm-hmm. right because he's got carrie kelly like she's the established robin in this story and i think that's interesting i'm not at all mad that she's a person of color that doesn't bother me in the slightest i'm sure that doesn't bother craig either but i know there are some f- dipshit fanboys out there going why isn't she a ginger Ugh. she's not a ginger to hurt your feelings now go cry in a corner <laughs> but but seriously I, I i'm not bothered at that by all but they also picked a little bit from Scott Snyder stuff too because we're getting the Court of Owls, we're getting Harper Rowe and her brother. So I, th- I I will say I was pleasantly surprised with the um Court of Owls reveal at the end of the episode. I honestly I'd heard whispers that they were in it and it it, it to me it's funny that there are two two stories out there with Gotham Knights now and Batman's dead and the Court yeah, of Owls are and the Court of Owls are in there. Yeah, yeah. I find that hilarious. I find that absolutely hilarious. But I do think, in regards to the episode specifically, the chick who is heckling Harvey Dent about putting Turner Hayes behind oh, Mars, yeah. she's totally in the Court of Owls. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> look, I'm not even saying that to be like, ooh, hi, that was obvious. No, I'm, I'm saying that because it's, it's, that's how textbook you can almost say the CW shows are. But at this point, you're using characters I know, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, fine show me where this is going hopefully it doesn't wind up being a total snooze or fart bubble but again i think the 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 real shit of it again comes from trying to be invested from a character like turner hayes who has no background in any comic whatsoever it's a completely new character made for the show right so it's really hard for me to as opposed to maybe if they did someone like a jason todd or a tim drake or hell even a damian wayne it would be completely different and that's where my main criticism of this show comes in. Like overall, I, I do agree. Like I aesthetically, it looks pretty good. Um, given their budget, it, it looks fine. But my number one issue is emotional investment. Mm-hmm. 
and again, this is probably tied up in the whole Batman being on TV thing that you were talking about. So that I'm very likely that that's why the show kind of started the way it did. But my key problem is why am I supposed to be invested in how this adopted son who has never, it's a brand new character made just for the show. Why should I care about his relationship with Bruce when we didn't see a damn thing? And it is just nothing but exposition throughout this episode. Oh yeah. He didn't really talk to me that much or yeah, he, he tried to care for me and he, he, just did it by spending money. I never really knew my dad and all this stuff. It's just nothing but exposition and telling us about the relationship instead of showing us. And I said that before on previous podcasts, like when you're trying to get people to emotionally invest in a Mm storyline, you got to show you can't tell us. And I think, again, that really does just kind of go with, the idea again like this is a character who was made specifically for this show and that's fine and i think the actor did the best of what he could you know yeah no knock right but again like for hardcore fans like you and me who would feel more comfortable seeing like a tim drake or dick grayson or Mm -hmm. jason todd right i also think that 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 those characters might also not have been available because this shot this was shot right around the time titan season four was doing too and i don't think that they were in any communication to try and confuse people or felt that they yeah. might confuse i don't know something tells me that, the, the, that they might have asked for someone and just been told no i don't know. i would be interested to find out like what made them go with an original character that's what i'm most intrigued by like was this uh again a rights thing was this a timing or was this someone like the writer of this show just went hey you know what let's try something different I mean, it could be any one of those things, right? I, I do think, though, that, that the wild card element of having Duella Doe, the Joker's daughter in it, is also an interesting plot point mm-hmm. because you do get that. Because, because you know, you, you obviously they're trying to make Turner Hayes feel like a younger version of Bruce Wayne, just less detective. Like, yep. he's clearly not that in, in – he's clearly not detective smart, right? Like, he's clearly, yeah. you know, just, just – he's an orphan he's really just kind of just an orphan just like bruce wayne was and we kind of only just have that bit to go off of right and we're gonna see like how he's gonna have to clear his name because the 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 pilot of the show opens up with batman dying but then it's revealed that these three kids were framed and it's made to look like turner hayes is the one who did it and basically the short of it is court of owls is the one who's behind it which shock shocks that shouldn't surprise anybody and that they used the gun that Joe Chill used, used to kill, to kill his him. parents to kill him. Exactly. So it's almost like a, a, a which I think in in and of itself is thematically that's that's if you're going to kill Bruce Wayne and do it in a way that's you know tied to his past. I think there's there's something interesting there yeah. to explore, right? But I I think you also had some thoughts about stephanie brown who is a very prominent character in dc comics (laughs) my main issue is just uh, again it was just a lot of her presence in the show it was just all exposition Uh, oh you're my best friend uh and then they're in the bat cave and she can she's a hacker apparently never knew that before but they just she just is like oh with this i can hack into any bank i want 
and Harper looks at her and goes, all right, well, you're one of the best hackers I know. And I'm sitting there going, when was that? Where, where was that? I'm just like, stop telling me these things and show me. You don't have to like rush through this. Well, her father in the comics is Clue Master. She at first becomes spoiler. Then she becomes the third Batgirl. She has a thing for Tim. She has a, a relationship with Tim Drake in, in the comics um, pre new 52. Um, she's a very, she's a very prominent character in, in the Batman family. If, if you, if you know how steep the, 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 the line goes in terms of which, how many Robins and Batgirls Batman's had over the years, mm-hmm. she's, she's a very prominent character. And I think here seeing her with, with Turner Hayes, it's, it, it just makes me wish and again, you know, th- this is just me kind of being that fan of kind of just pointing out they, they didn't really do a thing that I wanted them to do, and that's fine. But, like, when I see Stephanie Brown, I'm just like, to me, it would have just been maybe a little bit better had it been Tim Drake. But, you know, yeah. that their relationship was such a, a thing almost 20 years ago, only a fan like me and someone from back then would, would really appreciate it. What they're doing now it's kind of up in the air whether or not it would it would gel well and obviously you know for me i'm i'm looking at it and it's like yeah that's what it makes me think of i wish it was that but i guess it's not completely terrible i mean to me it, it to me it kind of feels like there's a little bit of hope there that maybe since they are using stephanie brown maybe they'll put her in a spoiler outfit i don't know yeah. this is the cw we're talking about they are very notorious for doing things not in the books so mm-hmm. who knows um overall though i i do think that oh, excuse me that that again i i'm not completely turned off but i'm not 100 percent invested yeah i'm interested enough to just see where it goes but at the same time i'm like i just have a feeling it's gonna take a dive at some point it you know it may and honestly wouldn't surprise me i mean i'm not really expecting other batman villains to show up it'd be cool if they did but i don't expect them i'm just kind of taking it as it goes and i'm Uh just gonna let them tell the story that they clearly want to tell because i'm i'm really not you know i used to be such a continuity snob and i'm not anymore like i'm yeah i'm just kind of just like tell me tell, tell me a good story is this pilot a good story I would say it's good enough. It has enough Batman-related things in it to have my attention. Yeah. As you know? long as long as as it proceeds, if they can just develop the characters more and give us more without just the characters explaining everything to us, and that that's just such a nitpicky thing for me. That's why, like, for me, like. M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender movie, in my opinion, is one of the absolute worst films ever made because that movie is literally just that you could call that movie exposition the movie. Mm. It's mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. just characters talking about everything in the film. Right. And instead of showing us anything and developing things, it's just nothing but characters talking. And that just it's such a turnoff for me in film any film like film tv show if it's nothing but exposition you're gonna lose me real quick you know i do think that that the action bits weren't half bad 
they were know, fine. I yeah. thought the choreography and stuff, and it was fine. Which, which honestly is a step up. You know, notorious <laughs> the, the CW has often notoriously been been ridiculed and criticized for having some really poor action sequences. But I think, you know, what they did with Gotham Knights was 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 fine. I mean, it, do I find it believable that these young adults would would go ham and fist against yeah. the GCPD? Yeah, possibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's possible. Um, I'm curious to see again. You know who else shows up because that kid that you know turner hayes and and stephanie brown were were pounding around with, his name's brody march and yeah i i think i don't know but i think he might be the kid of lincoln march and if you know who lincoln march is well i'm not familiar with that name i hope that's sarcasm maybe <laughs> i was gonna say you just read the the story yeah. in which march yeah. was it yeah oh, yeah i yeah. thought so <laughs> sob yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I i remember him we talked about him getting cast yep so and i mean hell we got to see a live action talon mm-hmm. that, that was, was pretty cool that yeah was pretty badass and it was actually not it didn't look half bad and i was actually really surprised that they managed to do a full like head cut scene mm-hmm. like they, they sliced somebody's head off and it looked good looked really good yeah yeah I mean, and if if anything, you know, if that's an indication of the way things are going for for you know this show, maybe we'll get more talents, and that'd be really cool. Maybe we'll even get a shot of you know, like seeing the actual court, like seeing all the Gothamites with their white owl masks on. What if if they did something like that? I'd I'd actually be kind of impressed. I mean, the teaser did show. I mean, the teaser for the second episode, we saw a court of owls with the masks on. So I didn't even see the teaser. Oh, did you not? No, I did yeah. not. Yeah, they uh, they showed, like, uh, it was a few minutes after the episode was over, they did a next time. Or it was, actually, it was more like the on this season of Gotham Knights. And, uh, yeah, there was a shot of um, Court of Owls in the mass. Okay, so here's also something that just occurred to me. This I think this is the last bit that we talk about it. Because in the promotional marketing they used for this show, they had like the the main characters right but then they also had the gotham knights logo it was kind of yellow goldish right oh yeah yeah yeah. okay when the logo for the show actually premiered in front of the show i thought to myself like why is it red why are we doing why are we trying to do the batman on this, this font looks incredibly close to the Batman, but you guys are telling a story that's really not in the same vein as the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so this really doesn't make any sense to yeah. me. It was just really jarring that, like, they had such a specific logo for the marketing and then they had that for that. Yeah. And it was just weird to me because every other CW show, they've showed the logo and it's been the logo for the show and it's the, virtually the same most of the time. So it's like what happened here? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's something ridiculous to get worked up over, but something I just happened to notice through the episode. When they did, when they showed the Gotham Knights logo, I was just like, why is it red? <laughs> but, hey, you know what? If it gives us something to talk about, it gives us something to talk about. Yeah, I, and like I said, I'm I'm morbidly curious to see how this the season goes on. So now the question begs, Craig is either going to vehemently despise Stephanie Brown by the end of the season, or he uh, may grow to actually like her. We'll find yeah. out. 
Like I said, uh, there's nothing wrong with the character. I just, I just can't stand like that whole scene was just uh, bugged the crap out of me. Yeah. Oh, with this, I could hack into any bank in Gotham that I wanted. I'm sitting there going, "You're a hacker. Cool. When did that happen? When did you explain that? When did you show that?" So, do you think Carrie Kelly is going to teach Turner Hayes how to fight? I think so. I think so too. Yeah. I think that's exactly where that's mm-hmm. that's headed. That that's what I think is going to happen. And fair point, the um, actress playing Carrie Kelly, I thought she was great. I thought she oh. was out of out of all the characters and all the actors so far in this. I mean, obviously, Misha Collins as um, got to got to give a shout out to Misha Collins. He did yeah. pretty pretty great as Harvey Dent. Although yeah. I will say that his wardrobe was just. Did you find his wardrobe just a little bit? That was weird. That was yeah. weird. Because he was in a couple different suits and that 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 like that maroon red it, whiny wine ish yep. looking one. I was just like, okay. I've seen Two Face uh-huh. in, in in a similar getup in a couple yeah. different stories, but he's still Harvey Dent. Yeah, and I I do think now I remember we talked about it once before about like will they go through Harvey Dent's transformation into Two Face? I, I since you didn't see the little teaser thing at the end of the first episode, I think they are going to go that route because during the like clips of like everything that's going to happen, there is a shot of Dent Misha Collins looking into a mirror and it cracks and it splits right in half. Ah, okay. so I think we are possibly. I mean, is it going to happen this season? I think it'll be a bunch of teases. Do we get the actual transformation? Does he get injured or something like that? I don't know, but it does seem like that's the direction they're going to go. Oh, well. Mm. <sighs> Did you just send me something? Yeah, I sent you the uh, image of the core oh, vowels. Okay, I'll take a look then. Just take a look at it now. That was the uh, shot that I saw in the little teaser. Oh, it's Navy accident. I can't watch it here. I'll look oh, at it later. It. But yeah, um, it just occurred to me. I, you know, I just remembered in the Dark Knight Returns, uh, Harvey Dent actually gets his face cured. That is true. So, I forgot about that. Is so is the, this is this a healed Harvey Dent, and, and does I, he relapse? I I, I don't, I don't hmm. know. Like, what if they didn't address that? Like, what mm-hmm. if? I mean, you know, I feel like that 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 they they might have clarified he might not have been turned ever, but but I also remember Misha Collins saying something to the effect of, "This is like if Aaron Eckhart's Harvey Dent didn't get turned and spent years battling Gotham and just became colder." But hmm. I don't know. Okay, I have no idea. But it, it it is interesting to think like, you know, there is the Carrie Kelly Robin situation. There is like you know, Batman is like dead right he's he's uh-huh. older obviously and then there is also you know the, the fact that that harvey dent is not scarred as two-face and there is no more joker as well i think the joker's daughter even outright said like your old man killed mine uh-huh. which kind of struck a chord with me a little bit in 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 terms of okay warner brothers clearly just does not care that <laughs> that, 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 that batman kills like they don't in, care they really in this, don't in this universe the killing joke is canon <laughs> yeah yeah um, 
I, 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 I think it's again kind of funny that that, that you know once again Batman a, a version of Batman has killed the Joker. Mm-hmm. You know we we've seen that in you know eighty nine we've seen it in um, Titans now we've seen it again here we didn't actually see it happen but but the fact that it is implied mm-hmm. uh, is very very again you know interesting to me I think did they do it in Bat did they clarify if he did it in Batwoman I don't know I don't I never watched Batwoman uh, I know in Titans they they made a Oh yeah, they, they yeah. Made, they made they, it very clear in that one. They did twice, actually, yeah. at the end of season one, beginning <laughs> yeah. of season three. Yeah. yeah, which I will never understand. But anyway, overall, uh, I'm looking forward to it. What, what is it? Tuesday nights. Tuesday yeah, nights. Tuesday nights. Yep. Tuesday On the nights. CW. Um, we'll see what what happens with the next episode. I suppose. Um, yeah. Also, considering that we we put out episodes, you know, every other couple weeks or so, we might, depending on how how much time has passed, we might do episodic chunks of CW Gotham mm-hmm. Nights. Not really sure how 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 we're gonna talk about it going forward, given our crazy ass schedules, but yeah. we, we will make it happen. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, that that I think does it for updates and news and reviews for shows. Um, just just off top, real quick, I would probably give the pilot of Gotham Knights like a two and a half, maybe a th- maybe. You know what? I'm gonna feel generous. I'll, I'll give it a three out of five, but I'm just being nice. See, I'd go for me. It's just a little bit. I'd probably settle on the two and a half, just because again, I'm just a stickler for exposition. Exposition just ugh, annoys the crap out of me, and I felt like there was just way. And I get it. I get it that because of the tv rights and all that stuff but i mean like the what was the character's name the the basically the alfred of this show the, the female i don't even butler. remember but i think she's in the court of owls too and just for her to like there's a scene where she's with him uh the main character and she's just like bruce had alfred you have me and i'm just like why is why do you have to say that kind of stuff we get it we yeah. know who <laughs> we get it <laughs> If anything, it might be more for the uninitiated, but who the hell knows? You know, like, I, I get it. Cringy dialogue like that, it just make, kind of yeah. makes you go, eh. I chuckled at it, honestly. Like, I, I found it kind of cute. I was like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. But but, but but in seriousness, like, before you, he had Bruce, so you're yeah. you're, you're not that special. But, yeah, you, like you call yeah, she's definitely in the Court of Owls. Yeah. <laughs> That's wow. not, that is not, a, when that twist happens, I'm going to go, huh. Interesting. Call that on episode one. Yeah, not not at all surprised to see that happen. That 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 will happen. Watch. Now, whether or not Two Face gets turned into Two Face, I don't know. We'll see. Whether or not any other Batman villains show up, that also remains to be seen. Well, I mean, if the Court of Owls is in there, does that mean we get Mister Freeze at some point? I mean, what would a CW? Oh boy. The Iceman cometh. You know, I could see, I could see the God, I could see the Court of Owls. I could also see maybe a Professor Pig. I could see mm-hmm. that. I could see, um, you know, they might they might retread on villains maybe used in an Arrow. I don't I don't know. Maybe. Um, I think Batwoman featured a Killer Croc, one of their seasons. Really, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
I, I, I honestly have no clue who else could or might show up. Um, it will be very interesting to see if like these these young adults wind up in some variation of of like a suit or battle suits, armor, yeah. yeah, suits by the end of it. Because obviously, uh, Harper Row is um, I think she goes by 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 Bluebird and Batman and Robin and Batman Eternal. One yeah, and this it just seems like she's just Robin. I don't know. I mean, it, it her suit is very Robin-ish. Mm-hmm. It's just very coated in blue. But yeah, she was a very big, prominent part in Snyder's Scott Snyder's Batman Eternal run, which of which I have read. I need to reread. But you know, overall, I, I think uh, between the two of us, Gotham Knights pilot episode gets two point eight. That's a yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a fair one. That's a fair one. Fair average. Um, oh, you know there is one one other thing that we didn't quite talk about, but I guess we can probably talk about as well. Um, we are recording this the day after the anniversary, the two year anniversary of Zack Snyder's Justice League, mm-hmm. and um, Zack Snyder himself was actually just on a live stream today, as of this recording, March nineteenth detailing his um convention that he's going to hold his second convention commonly referred to online as SnyderCon, it will be <laughs> held in pasadena it you know there will be a th- it'll be over the course of three days april 28th to the 30th and they will be showcasing at the um oh damn it i have to google this place because i don't remember where it's the art Center. What did he say? Universal IMAX or something like that? (coughs) Excuse me. So, over the weekend, Man of Steel will be Friday. Batman vs Superman will be Saturday. Zack Snyder's Justice League will will be shown Sunday. Um, Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman will be shown at the Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. And then up the way on Sunday, they will be showing Zack Snyder's Justice League at the IMAX Universal IMAX. Um, tickets for that event will go on sale Friday, March 24th. The time has not been revealed yet, but yeah, there's also apparently Jim Lee is going to be working on making a shirt for the full circle event as well. Um, but I, I am going to try really hard to be there. I'm, I'm I, I actually took the time off work and put and applied for it, and I have money saved away. I, I am confident that i'm probably hopefully going to be able to go to this i mean i wish you well i would love to attend but i just i don't know if i'd have the funds to be able to do it and it's like i'm not even trying to brag or be jerky about yeah, it yeah, and no, say no, that no. but it's like just for for the sake of this show yeah i would really like to go and experience that and then talk about it yeah here and he did say um correct me if i'm wrong he said on the bvs night there will be a signing Yes, so it also is. Going, thank you for reminding me of that. Not yeah. also that. Also, they will also live stream the the panels because apparently there will be Q and A panels after all three. Yes, films. yeah, he said Q and A panels after each film. That's right. So there's going to be Q and A panels. That means there might be some surprise guests, and to me, that feels like yeah, it, could, it could be. It could <laughs> range from anybody. Like you could maybe get Chris Terrio, the writer of you know Batman vs Superman, as well as Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, Henry Cavill would be really fun. I uh, personally, I would really kind of hope to see Ben Affleck, but that's oh, that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to hold my breath for that. 
but it, if that happens, I will be jealous of you forever. Okay, I I could see Ray Fisher coming out. Yeah, I could absolutely see Ray Fisher coming out. Um, maybe Jason Momoa. Mm. Maybe um, Gal Gadot possibility. Very strong possibility, I think. Um, honestly, I think if 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 you got any of them, maybe the Trinity. Yeah, maybe may. have all of them. I mean, if he had the whole, if he had you know the six, that would be sweet. That would be super sweet. That, that, Jesse Eisenberg, maybe for oh, the BBS night. Don't 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 <laughs> don't don't play with me like that. Don't play with me like that. Jeremy Irons. That'd be cool. Yeah, that would be incredibly cool. But you know, I, I, I'm you know, I'm not holding my breath. I'm not going to get my expectations too high. But I, I will absolutely try, and I'm going to make sure that I am there for that. I there was an opportunity for me to go the first time uh, before the Snyder Cut released. Um, I honestly wish I had because it, it looked like a really awesome, entertaining experience, and I think that is exactly why I am not going to miss it this time. Yeah, fair enough. I, 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 I mean, I don't know if anyone knows who's listening, but I, I really don't do much with with my personal life. I, I you know, I, I work, I come home, I go hang out with a couple friends and hike and a couple other things, but I, I really don't like take vacations or do anything for myself, so this would be a, a first for me, and I really really do want to do this and i'm gonna so i will be there and i will be reporting i will be on the ground i will be having a good time with all the other people in the fandom and it's gonna be great yeah i'm gonna try to see if it's something i can do but i just i just financially i just don't know of the the flight and everything else i just uh, i don't know if i'd be able to do it and like for me it's it's a little different because obviously you know i'm in california craig's in missouri Mm -hmm. Um, I have the, the choice of whether or not I could drive down there with my own vehicle yep. or rent one or just take the bite the bullet and spend, you know, the money for a round trip ticket from, you know, that that Friday to that Monday. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but also factoring in like the hotel, which I have looked at and it is very pricey. Mm-hmm. It's very pricey, <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it. <laughs> I hope it's worth it. But yeah, you know something I just randomly thought. You know, it would be a neat person to show up. Um, Ray Porter, the voice of Darkseid. I almost feel like he could show up. That would be neat. Have him there for the Q and A too. I feel like if anyone could show up that wasn't any one of the main cast, Mm -hmm. it would probably be him, which would be really cool. Especially because the emphasis so far, you know, on all these teasers and everything, has been Darkseid. Right. Right. Yeah, that would be super cool. It would make sense to have him there. Yeah. But I do have to wonder, like, you did mention that if they're having a signing, mm-hmm. you'd have you'd you'd have to imagine maybe just maybe just maybe Superman might show up, mm. which. OK, there would be here's tears. here's one for <laughs> you. Here's one for you. Yeah. In the event that I go to this right in the event mm. that I go to this. If I were going to ask Henry Cavill anything, I would ask him what it was like working with Christopher McQuarrie, but I might also ask him if there are any story beats, or at just the very least, what villain Christopher McQuarrie had in mind for yeah. the Superman story he had. Yeah. 
directed. I think, I think that would have been a cool movie to, to see if Christopher McQuarrie got to direct a Henry Cavill Superman story. If, if Zack Snyder was not available, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, I'm, I am for sure going to try and go. And I'm hoping I'll be able to. You would say that'd be a legendary moment for you if you got to go? I would absolutely say that would be a legendary <laughs> moment for me if I got to go. One hundo. <laughs> which is a perfect, perfect segue into you know, <laughs> our last bit here. So I love it. We are finally making good on that promise. Legendary Moments of the Dark Knight, Volume 5. Long time coming. It's been a couple months since we've done our last one. Yeah, it's been a while since the, since number four. Now, for anyone listening, any new listeners, this is your first time listening and tuning in to the Legendary Moments of the Dark Knight. Uh, Craig and I always go five to one, up, down, up. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about our moments at all. I mean, we do and we don't. We we talk about them in the sense of, oh, I have two or three. Oh, I need more time. We don't actually discuss what our moments are yep. until we get on the show and start chatting and recording with each other. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's how the the show has been since day one. Even when we do our yes. top ten lists or anything like that, we yes. don't just we like the idea of just talking about it when we've got our list together, doing it right on the show and just kind of seeing what the outcome is. One hundo. That is exactly it. And I don't even think there's any exclusivity of who goes first or not. It's usually just a back and forth. Yep. But yeah. Um, I don't know, Craig, do, do you want to go first or should I? Um, I can go first. Okay. And again, right. too, this is um, for those that have not heard us do the legendary moments. It's anything. It could be from film. It could be from comics. Comic. TV shows, animated movies, hell, even podcasts. You know, I know Spotify has that exclusive Batman show. I haven't listened to it, but I mean, anything HBO has involving too. Batman. HBO has a few of their podcasts too. Oh, do they? Yeah, HBO has. I know for sure HBO has one Batman podcast because hmm. I've, okay. I've listened to it falling asleep before. Not because I thought it was boring, because I thought it just made good noise to <laughs> fall asleep too. So yeah, um, so my first one is from a film, okay. And it's actually um, when I was trying this one, it's getting harder and harder, obviously, to do these lists because you know we obviously kind of you blow your load on those first couple ones because you talk about those most iconic moments, and now it's kind of like all right, so what other ones had kind of an impact? Um, but so yeah, for me, this is a scene from Batman Forever, mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because it is. For as much of a tonal change as Batman Forever was when you're jumping from the Burton films to the Schumacher films, mm-hmm. to me there is one key scene in Batman Forever that just to me almost like paid respects to Burton's films. It, it was for as goofy and as you know kind of campy that Schumacher's films is, yeah. this scene really stood out. And it's the scene where... Um, when Batman is chasing uh, Two Face after um, there was a big fight scene uh, during, like when uh, Riddler was dancing with like Nicole Kidman's character. Right, right, right. Two Face shows the tunnel up, with the fire. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So why Batman... can't you just die? Yep, that's yes. exactly the scene. That scene so, rules. Yeah. He chases after Two Face, uh, ends up falling down this tube where Two Face kind of had it set up so that they could uh, trap Batman. And uh, he lights, or he shoots like a, it's like a shotgun looking thing. I don't even know what kind of gun that was. Yeah. 
but it basically lights these flames up and all this fire is just heading towards Val Kilmer's Batman. And he, uh, he ducks down and he wraps himself in his cape and he hits a button and basically it becomes like a fireproof cape. Yep. And the fire goes through and Two-Face is laughing. So I love the theme to Batman Forever. That, that, that theme that they've got for it is just so good. And as Two-Face is laughing, Batman comes running through the fire with the theme picking up and just loud and bombastic. And then Two-Face looks at him and just goes, why can't you just die? Right. Then he and drops it's just like, that. I, yep. He drops the sand on him, then Robin saves him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, that scene is, you know, we talk about Batman forever a lot. I mean, a lot of Batman fans who are a lot older than us probably clown that movie, and that's fine. Like, they, they think it's goofy. They think it's silly. They think it's not Michael Keaton, Tim Burton's dark and serious, gritty Batman. And, okay, that's fine. But for Craig and I, I think that film just has such a, a, a special place in our hearts because it is really evocative of that that really campy feel mm-hmm. that Batman can dip into. And I, th- I, I, I feel like with Forever, it... It taps into that campy feel, but it just still, to me, unlike Batman and Robin, it does kind of still have that, like, slightly darker edge to it. That just, like, the camera shots and the lighting is still, there's still a little bit of Burden-esque to it. Still goofy, still over the top. I mean, you got Jim Carrey as the Riddler. So, I mean, right there, you already know it's not going to be taken nearly as seriously as Batman 89 or Returns. But it's just still a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, not only that, I think this actually might be a controversial pitch take right here. Um, I think Batman Forever is the most perfect modernized take on the camp that is batman when he is at his campiest but i will also say that batman forever also serves as being the most 90s film ever made Mm -hmm. in a good way because to your point had it not had those glaring glowing shots right like of, of gotham being neo being very vibrant had it not had you know that goofy dialogue had it not had Tommy Lee Jones trying to one-up Jim Carrey in every scene they were in, had it not had Val Kilmer playing it straight. Like, this film, for all of the inconveniences and troubles it caused for so many different people, it still winds up being just such a fascinating watch and entertaining at the end of the day. And I think also, you just have to be, like, at the age that this film was really meant meant for. And obviously, you know, the big push was for it to make, you know, people buy toys that of that of that nature and mcdonald's happy meals and blah 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 like we, we know the story of what happened between batman returns and batman forever and why things did not go towards tim burton's third film route and mm-hmm. why they brought in joel schumacher but the point is is like i think batman forever is such a special movie to us because it really is just like it, it toes that line of camp and dark i think in the best way you could have yep and i think that's a good scene and my number five is not anywhere near close to that whatsoever. It is a comic. <laughs> it is a comic piece. And mine is actually 
from a from a book that's not even traditionally a Batman book. It's actually uh, it's a it's a more generalized DC book, but it's more of a Justice League story. It's uh, Identity Crisis by uh, Brad Meltzer and with art from Rags Morales. And the the panel that I'm specifically talking about, I know a lot of people they're probably expecting the mind wipe. No, they're not. But my scene is directly after Tim Drake walks in and sees his father dead with a boomerang sticking out of his chest. There's a shot of Batman holding Tim Drake, and they're both over Jack Drake's dead corpse, and the, there's mm. only three words, Batman and Robin. Or rather, there, there's, there's only two, two, two dialogue boxes, Batman and Robin, dot, orphans, dot. Mm. When I read this story for the first time, I was getting my brakes done on my Cavalier when I still had my Cavalier. And I had complete. I had heard about this. I'd heard about this story for a number of reasons. Because number one, this story is like one of the most intri- It's 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 one of the most thought provoking Justice League DC stories ever written. Because it's it's um it's it's a who done it. It's who killed Sue Dibney, the wife of the elongated man. But in this story, is so much more, dude. It, it is just like it is. It is the biggest. Co- it's like one of the biggest cover-ups in DC history that you will ever read. You also witness Deathstroke taking out like basically everyone in the Justice League who isn't Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. You see him clown um, Kyle Rayner as Green Lantern. Like you see him grab him by the wrist and break them. Mm. He, like Deathstroke does not hold back. But then you also get to see Oliver Queen drive an arrow through. Uh, Deathstroke's eye, his bad eye. Oh jeez! Th- th- this story is bad, and I don't mean bad in like ew, no, not good way. No, I mean bad in a it's a bad story. Like it's badass. I love Identity Crisis, but that scene of of Batman holding Tim and like having them have that moment of them being like, "We're orphan. Like you're an orphan now. I understand completely what you're going through. Like what you're going through right now. I see myself in you. This is this shouldn't be happening. This is awful." Like, that was the moment when Batman, like, saw himself in Tim, and that's ultimately after that Tim became the adopted son of Bruce. Damn, that's powerful. Oh, dude, it's it's a really good story. I highly recommend it. Add it to your, to your read list. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess we're going to move on to number four, and since you went first, I guess I'll go first this time. And, uh, to yeah, con- go for it. To continue the campy trend. No, boy. I don't think you're going to expect in this one at all. Um, <laughs> my number four is also from a movie. It is from the fourth Batman movie. It is from Batman and Robin. Oh, okay. My number four moment is Batman using a credit card to bid on Poison Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> the bat credit card. <laughs> because to, to, to the point I was just talking about, look, I if if I have to watch one or the other, I'm going to watch Batman Forever. Me too. But if you ask me what my favorite scene was from Batman Mm. and Robin, it's probably this one. The reason? Because it's as as much as I am not a fan of just how goof-ass and campy the second Mm. film is, as much as I just cannot sanction the buffoonery that is Batman and Robin, (laughs) I think in one of the few scenes it does work, it's this one. Because this is Batman shark repellent spray level yeah, ridiculous. it really is. But I love it. 
I absolutely adore it because Batman and Robin are both bickering over Poison Ivy, not not knowing full well that they're being, you know, pheromone tranced into it, you know, fighting over each other. And 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 Robin's like, six million, I'll borrow it from you. And Batman's like, seven million. <laughs> yep. I'll never leave the cave without it. <laughs> and, and, and then on the card, it says Batman forever. It, does. it says Batman <laughs> forever on the card. Ba- it says Batman and then the credit card's expiration date is forever. forever right. <laughs> Such a goofy, <laughs> stupid thing that I love in that movie. I mean, just the fact, I mean, like how you said, it's a scene where Batman and Robin are bidding to win a date with Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, that's, that is my number four. <laughs> well, my number four is nowhere near as uh, joyous as that one. Mine's a little more morbid. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, this one's from a comic um, <clears throat> because this obviously had a big impact on, honestly, the whole lore of Batman. Um, but it was a big deal back in the 90s when it happened. And uh, I'm talking about the breaking of the bat. Bane break that that comic panel of Bane breaking Batman's back. I know that one of your legendary moments was the Dark Knight Rises interpretation of it but for me like i remember when this comic came out and seeing this panel and just dumbfounded to see bruce wayne broken and beaten by this absolute beast of a villain who just had his number from the very beginning and it's just shocking to see that panel where he just it's just Bane saying break you and cracking Batman's back on his knee. Mm-hmm. It just man that <clears throat> that was a big deal back then. Um, I remember there was obviously the death of Superman back in the 90s as well. But I think this predated it. I think the breaking of the bat half nightfall happened before the death of Superman. They happened. This, they happened around the same time. Did they? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, Death of Superman was ninety two. Uh, Nightfall was ninety three. They they were happening. Okay, so yeah, so near it concurrently after. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they were happening near concurrently. Okay. <clears throat> so, but yeah, it was just that was just real. And obviously, does the Nightfall storyline get gets a little wacky after that? Yeah, but I mean, it, it kind of in the same vein of where, you know, the campiness of the Schumacher films and stuff. This Nightfall storyline is total nineties. It's, it's it's completely nineties. Yeah. It's it's nineties comics through and through, one hundred percent, absolutely. Because you, you know Batman Bruce does get someone to take his place, and we get the the hilarious that that suit, the nineties. I guess you would say the the uh, Azrael suit. I guess you would say Asbats. Asbats, yeah. Asbats is what it's commonly referred to as. But yes, the Azrael Batman suit. Yes. Yeah, and I mean you just got this basically like RoboCop-esque Batman suit with lasers and he's got like metallic claws on his fingers and he just goes around and kills anyone that <laughs> that has anything to do with crime. And the fact that this was the moment that kind of changed, they, it was almost like they were trying to show like how edgy Batman could become once Bruce is taken out of the picture. I think if you look at 90s comics, it's all 
pretty, oh, yeah. pretty edgy, yeah. more or less. I mean, this this is I mean, this is the the era where Spawn and stuff like that was coming right. out. Right. So then, DC's sitting there going, well, what do we have to do to show that we can be just as edgy? And then after that, you get into the heroic, or rather the gold, no, it's the heroic age of comics, because the heroic age of comics is when things start getting a little more cerebral. Uh, mm-hmm. You get people like Grant Morrison out on there, and they're doing really inter- integral things with Justice League and making things feel really big in scope and scale. But yeah, in, in terms of just the 90s, Nightfall, Death and Return of Superman, I, I, you know, this, this is all stuff that, that is as old as I am. Like, mm-hmm. um, So getting to read it after the fact was certainly something. I, Nightfall was actually one of the first books, I, first stories I ever read. It's, it's one of my favorite Batman runs. Um, I kind of wish that they would condense it and do like a, a mini, not even a mini series, but like a, a, a trilogy, like an animated trilogy of this story. But I don't think it's ever going to happen because it's just such a big story that you just can't, there's too much you can't not put in. There was a lot. Good. That that storyline was it's huge. Long. There's it's a really lot huge. that happens in the Nightfall storyline. Yeah, because not only do you have to deal with, you know, Bruce recovering from his back, you also have to take into account like um, – John Paul Valley, Tim Drake, Nightwing, like everyone else, Bane, just there's there's a lot that goes into Nightfall and it's it's a it's a worthwhile read, but it's a read. It's quite the read. Okay, I think we're on number 3 now. Yep. So my next one, number 3 for me, um this is a scene from a film. It is from Batman Begins, and it's one of my favorite scenes with him and a character that I just overall, I think I've said this before, just didn't particularly care for. I was not a fan of the Scarecrow in the Nolan films. Yeah, Um, as you mentioned. Like the actor, (laughs) but just the character himself, eh, take him or leave him. But there was one really great scene, and that is the scene where uh, Batman uses his own fear toxin against the Scarecrow. Yes, 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 yes. <clears throat> and uh, what I think he says right now. <laughs> yeah, I think he says something along the lines of like "taste of your own medicine, doctor." Yeah. Yep. And sprays him, and Crane looks at Batman, and it's this just demonic-looking thing with like black ooze mm-hmm. coming out of his mouth. Yep. And it's just, it was a great scene because to see the Scarecrow get the tables turned on him, which we've seen, we've seen in the animated show, you mm-hmm. know, Batman's used his own spear toxin against him in that, mm-hmm. but for it to be in live action and fair credit again to Nolan, he knows how to shoot these scenes. It was a great, really well done shot. Um, yeah, it was just, I really, really like that turning point in that storyline. Yeah, I... I'm a fan of that. Um, I do like Cillian Murphy as the Scarecrow. I think of of that film in particular uh, in regards to the Scarecrow. I think that scene was probably pitch perfect in regards mm-hmm. to how how you could showcase that 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 something like that going down. Um, showcasing Batman as literally being just this this fearful being with with just this black ooze coming out of his mouth and just showing like what Crane is doing to all these people now he's getting a dose of it himself it's 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 brutal i enjoy it i mean i'm i'm right there with you in that i'm not really a fan of the aesthetic choice um definitely more so in in the latter half of the film where he's in he's in he's got the you know he's got the mask and he's got the the, the long arkham like yep. uh straight jacket on 
that feels a little more scarecrow to me but but just him his mask and the suit i was like and eh, no, not so much yep. um my number three is again kind of on the opposite spot wow mine is really just a bunch of funny stuff <laughs> well, uh, the last one no but everything else yes um yeah my number three is from the lego batman movie Oh, okay. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I really, I recently just rewatched it with my nephew. He, he's, he's starting to, you know, get into Batman and Spider Man. He's having a good time. He, every time he sees Batman, he says Batman. <laughs> like he, he, he gets it. He's, he gets it. But I turned on the Lego Batman movie. And he, he watched it to his credit for a good half hour. You know how three year olds are. They, they. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll over. be interested, and then oh, shiny thing. Yep, bingo. But um, my, my, <laughs> it's uh password to the bat cave iron man sucks well yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why that's right it's just ever since i've seen that that shit has just cracked me up yeah no matter what like that uh, that to me is just that will never not be more legendary especially considering because like let's face it right like like batman is the top dog of superheroes on box office if you do not talk about the avengers like uh-huh. you the avengers success does not happen without batman's success from the dark knight okay yep. and so the fact that in this animated movie there is a there is a literal joke <laughs> where this version of batman's password to the batcave is iron man sucks makes me just as much as i do not participate in that pissing match as much as uh-huh. i am just not a fan of that tribalism as much as i am just not a fan of any of that bullshit that still makes me laugh because I remember getting into online fits and arguments about people who were just like they they would take like the real hard Neil deGrasse Tyson stance of oh Iron Man's got a nanotech suit he would whoop Batman's ass I'm just like no yeah, he yeah. wouldn't Batman would clown Tony Stark ten mm-hmm. ways to Sunday without even trying yeah and uh, I've made I have buckled nerds with this argument it's really <laughs> not hard it really is not hard to make a case for why Batman would beat the shit out of Tony Stark it really isn't and believe me if you feel that Tony Stark can whoop Batman's ass by all means write us in let's have mm-hmm. this conversation I I, I I encourage this conversation because I love telling you how wrong you are and that is the only <laughs> time I will ever tell anyone how wrong they are because let me tell you something the only right or wrong thing about anything in the world is that the right thing is that Batman will always whoop Iron Man's ass in a fist fight. Yep. I don't care what anybody says. Those are facts because Batman has 128 different styles of common fighting styles under his belt. Iron Man has a bottle of whiskey under his belt. Mm-hmm. And to even point the finger even further, Iron Man downloaded Captain America's fighting style and fighting techniques and still got his ass kicked. So <laughs> I do not at all entertain the idea that Iron Man would beat Batman's ass in a fight. So hence why when Batman says his password to the Batcave is, quote, Iron Man sucks, <laughs> I applaud that. I appreciate that. I laugh at it. I love it. It is great, and it is, wait for it, legendary. legendary. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. That yeah. was great. I'm going to have right. to go back and watch it. It's been, a, it's been a couple of years since such, I sat down and watched it. Dude, such a funny movie. Such a good, fun movie. And it's a Batman movie. Batman can be fun, mm-hmm. and he can be dark, and he can be campy, and he can be serious, and he can be real world, and he can be supernatural, and he can fight Superman, and he can fight a Zodiac Killer Riddler. Batman's just all over the place. Okay, uh, my number two. It's a little bit more serious, actually, um, on this list. It is uh, as 
Batman is trying to figure out how to get past the Penguin who is in hold of Mr. Freeze's freeze gun. And Mr. Freeze is just kind of dicking Batman around, and Batman just tells him straight up, today is not a good day to push me, Victor. <laughs> when Batman intimidates Mr. Freeze and then yanks out the cold piece that is only keeping yeah. Victor Freeze alive, it, it is just top-tier Batman intimidation, and I am here for it. It is one of my favorite pieces in Arkham City. It is, without question, one of my favorite interactions with Mr. Freeze, and just overall, just a really lovely, beautiful moment of Batman just being asshole batman in the best way possible one it's also it's it's a moment in the game where bruce he doesn't have time he's like he straight up tells victor don't push me Mm -hmm. like he he has a limited time frame to get what he has to do done he doesn't have time for this (laughs) yeah and it shows you just how capable bruce is of killing someone and how easy it would be for him if he were to cross into that dark side. Yes. Which actually kind of goes right into my number two. Hmm. Um, mine's also a little bit on the darker edge. Um, it's something that I remember this many, many years ago when I first read this storyline. Um, I'm talking about the final panel of the killing joke. Ah, okay. Yes. Just something that has been debated nonstop, something that people have been talking about for years and years and years. Did Batman kill the Joker at the end of the killing joke? And I would have to say, pretty sure he did. Um, just that panel, that storyline, the killing joke. I was pretty young. I think actually, cause what Killing Joke came out in '86, I think. '88. '88. No, no, so no, was... no, 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 no. '88 is Death of the Family. My bad. Okay. '86. I, I think you're. I think you're right. I think it. I think it is '86. Hold on, let me check real quick. Clacking away on that keyboard. Yeah, <laughs> I got a loud one. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Killing Joke. 86. Yep. Okay. So you're right. I, I was a year old. <laughs> so didn't get to read it back then. But I do recall going to the comic store and picking up the graphic novel and reading it. And I mean, you really see the killing joke is something that I think will never get old. Mm-hmm. I mean, look where it is now. Yeah. And the impact of that storyline to see not only what the Joker is capable of, but again, at the very end of it, what Batman is capable of, just like you were just talking about with Victor Freeze in the in that game. Batman is so capable. He has the potential. If he were to turn to that dark side, the amount of damage, the amount of death that that man could spread. And this is a storyline that shows you just it takes one bad day for someone to go over the edge. And... There's just something very creepy also in that panel of to see Batman smiling and laughing, but also just that laughing slowly turning to like this evil grin as he puts his hands on the Joker. And then for the panel to slowly go down and the the laughing kind of goes a little bit less and less to the point where all you see is just rain and nothing else. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure about the ending of the Killing Joke. I don't really have a one one way or the other about it. It's it's really just. Um, I don't know. I I I, th- I think it's plausible, but I I'm 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 kind of leaning towards a no personally. I I never really interpreted it as 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 Batman killing the Joker at the end of that story. I think they just kind of both had a laugh, and and it just kind of turns into that. But that's just which me. makes it which honestly makes it even creepier. It's to ambi- be honest, it's it's ambiguous. <laughs> it's it's very ambiguous. Uh, I know Grant Morrison has some very uh, choice words in regards to that about the ending of that story. Um, me personally, I I just don't know. Uh, I. I I don't even feel like asking Alan Moore that because he's, um, <laughs> well, kind of wicked twisted in his own right. So, yeah, um, that's a good choice though. I I, I do like that. Um, wow, we're already at number ones. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, I believe you're, it's up to your go, buddy. So number one for me is it's from another film, and this is from Batman Returns. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite scenes in Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the best shot moments, best character moments, uh, the dance scene between Bruce and Selena Kyle. Ooh, that is a good one. That scene, I watched it again just before we started. It chills, man. Just straight up chills. Michelle Pfeiffer does not get enough credit for her portrayal of Selena Kyle. No. No, she She did such a damn good job in that film playing this character that is just so broken and so torn between who she was and who she has become. And nothing says that better than that scene where her and Bruce, so they meet up at this gala. And one thing I did notice, and I just never paid attention to it, because again, I mean, this I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid, not so much, you know, as a teen and as an adult, but mm-hmm. now going back and re-watching it. Yeah. There's just very subtle things. You notice in this scene where they're dancing together, they're at a, um, I guess, a costume gala where everyone yes. is wearing masks. Yes, before the penguin and, makes his final grand entrance, yes. Yep. And do you notice that every single person in that gala is wearing masks? Except, except for, for the two characters, yep. yeah, except for yep. Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne. Yes. Um, and just their dialogue, the chemistry between Keaton and Pfeiffer is so good. And when he, when Bruce says something along the lines of what, I can't exactly remember what he says, but he says something like, like, who are you or something like that. And Pfeiffer with no cuts in the, in the scene leans her head back laughing, then immediately starts crying and says, I don't know anymore. Yeah, just they, so well done. They're having a conversation, and they 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 repeat the mistletoe. They can they repeat the mistletoe conversation that they yes. had earlier as Catwoman and Batman, and that's when they realize who each other really are. Yeah, and that's why it's so thematic because in a room full of people wearing masks, they're finally unmasked and they know who each other are now. Yep, and it's 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 perfect. It's beautiful. It it's before the Batman Batman Returns is without question my it was my favorite Batman movie. Mm-hmm. largely because of everything that you and I just talked about because of that scene and because of their chemistry in that movie. It's really good. It's a really good movie. Like I, I, yep. I it, it amazes me that people think it's, it's poor in comparison to the, to the first one. I'm just like, no, it's, I mean, it's a little more Tim Burton. Sure. But it's, it's in the same ballpark. Yeah. There really Pfeiffer, is. Pfeiffer should have gotten more credit in my opinion. She yeah. is so damn good. So as good in Kyle. And my number one is nowhere near as sentimental as that. <laughs> 
my number one is from a film as well. It is from a film that came out last year. Mm. It is from The Batman. My number one moment is Batman using a literal bat to take out corrupt cops and penguin henchmen yeah. inside the Iceberg Lounge. Yeah. Because Batman using a bat is fourth dimensional, mind-breaking, awesome. That, that, that shit is cool. That is meta, and that is great. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that scene. I love that story. I love that actor. I love everything about that scene and what it implies. And I love how Batman just tosses that bat like a battering and just knocks Mackenzie in the nose. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so, so good. So good. It just further establishes how, even though he's in his like early years as Batman, he is more than capable of handling oh, he's witty. anyone that's going to come his way. He's witty, and it shows. It's great. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Here we go. Volume 5 in the books, peeps. How's mm-hmm. it feel? How's man? It's going to get tougher doing these doing these going forward, but I guess uh, like I told you in private, we should probably start reading more comics. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I'm like, I mean, this is the first time that I think what did I have? I had two that were comic based. And again, they were older things, but again, yeah. I'm old, so. Yeah. But hey, you know, it's all good in the hood, man. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, we're, we're going to be doing more of that. I'm sure, you know, the Doom that came to Gotham might give us some more legendary moments to pick and choose from. I'm sure, maybe. We'll find out. Um, I think that will kind of put a pin in it for this episode. I'm sure we'll probably keep everyone up to date for who listens and whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, uh, any anything that comes out in regards to, you know, the Batman Part 2, Penguin, or Brave and the Bold, or just Batman in general, we, we, we will try and be on top of it. Um, speaking of being on top of it, there is another special thing we have in the works that we are going to be dropping next week mm-hmm. so be on the lookout for that and i'm not going to say anything i don't think craig might want to say anything to tease and what it is i'm going to leave a little tag at the end to, to just let you all know what it, what it is but you know just put it to you this way it's it's got an anniversary coming up and and mm-hmm. craig and i are very very much going to talk about this yep i'm not going to say anything I don't think we no I don't think we need to I think if, nah. if anyone who anyone who listens to this show knows us mm-hmm. and knows what month it is yep and then looks at the dates you should know yep what is coming because what is coming is unstoppable <laughs> what, what is coming is well commemorable that's mm-hmm. that's that's the way I'll, I'll say that but um as, as, as we always like to just sign off here um you know thanks again everybody we always appreciate you um feel free to follow us on social medias i mean i have my social tags but it's all just the same name just at unfiltered across twitter vero instagram whatever uh, i think craig you're only just back on facebook yep just on facebook for now I, i'm actually i think i might check out vero i've never done it but i've heard good things about okay. it just Real quick, Vero mm. is basically Twitter without the nonsense. Without I mean, art. I'm all for that. That's yeah, the whole reason why I haven't gone back it's to Twitter. Just, it's artists sharing art, and, and that's really what, what the experience is about. So, yeah, we have that. So, hey, if, if, Craig, oh, yeah. make, if Craig makes a Vero, I'm sure he'll share it with us going forward. Um, as always, again, you know, friendly reminder, feel free to drop us an email, turnalnightpod at gmail.com. Feel free to follow us on Twitter facebook t-e-k underscore podcast and hey you know leave us a review or whatever 
we'd really appreciate it. But until then, uh, keep it classy in this cave. Stay safe as always. Take it easy. Have a great day or night, whatever your listening preference is. Devils don't come from hell beneath us. They brought their warrior. No, they come from the sky. The world has been so caught up with what he can do that no one has asked what he should do. That's how it starts. The fever. The rage. The feeling of powerlessness. That turns, good men. Cruel. Thank you for listening to the Eternal Night Podcast. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Entertainment, or anything else related to WBD. Uh, All thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about. If you would like to follow along the show, you can follow along on Podbean or iTunes. Feel free to drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us along on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you.